0: everybody we've got Brad Wade with us oh my gosh Brad you are an international keynote speaker and you are our tech guy but listen this is about improving school mental health so we're going to tie that all together but I'd love to welcome you and just please let everyone know where you're coming from and what you've been doing in education
1: well hi well thanks Charlie it's so good to see you uh it's nice you know we've known each other for a few years now and it's nice to be together with you on this podcast. Thank you for having me. I am calling in today from Detroit, Michigan. That is my hometown. Uh, I have in education. I was a school teacher for fifteen years, third grade. Uh, so I taught little ones, uh, and and absolutely loved it and enjoyed it. I'm still an educator, uh, but my classroom is now pretty much all over the world. My what I'm doing now is I'm really doing uh, mainly technology integration into schools. I do professional development, I do keynote speeches, I do welcome back days, I do a lot of welcome back days, and then professional development with schools right after. Um, but you know, I uh, I really love where. Um, we utilize technology to engage students and leverage that technology to accomplish different goals uh, in learning, whatever that might be. So I'm excited about the conversation today. Thanks for uh, having me.
0: Yeah, and I know you're going to have a great perspective, Brad, because that is one of the complaints we have working with teachers. They say, listen, our kids aren't engaged. I don't know how to further engage them. I know technology is a big deal. We hear it all the time. But if they're uninterested, then." nothing's going to work. So I want to know from your perspective, first of all, what are you hearing are the mental health issues around engagement in schools? Because that's a big, big topic these days.
1: Yeah. So, you know, gosh, you know, things really, you know, I've seen different waves of what's been happening in schools as you have as well. And just depending on our lens, you know, it's the perspective that we have, you know, prior to COVID, you know, there was the big adoption to, you know, technologies and integration, and we were moving along, um then you know when COVID came through you know we're you know I know it's been a couple of years now but we're still seeing a lot of fallout and a lot of struggles uh you know the mental health it's it's you know I think we've always had a done a pretty good job of thinking about students mental health you know before, prior to COVID at least we, we had an idea and it was something we did talk about uh, now that after COVID has really come through it's definitely on the forefront student mental health but it's 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 even more so teacher and staff mental health now. Uh, I see that as like, you know, student mental health, uh, the concerns did increase, but the increase of the staff and teacher mental health, in my opinion, increased even more um, because there's, there's so much more being asked of, of teachers today, um, you know, to solve a lot more problems. And then the onslaught of, you know, uh, what teachers and educators have to deal with now with everything from you know, communication to parents, to social media, um, to dealing with their students inside the classroom, and you know, the, really the challenge is is navigating all of that succinctly, and not losing the perspective of that student. That you know, I, I, I've I've heard so many of your stories, and I love them. And one of the ones you you talk about all the time is is the student who you know comes up to you and really as a teacher you may not have you feel like you don't have that time to make the decision for that time for that student um so there's you know the 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 challenges exist they're they're probably even more pronounced now uh and so really you know what we're trying to do is figure out how can we address these mental health health issues uh what can we help teachers with what can we help students with and then what technology is out there that can help all of us whether it's a teacher, you know, helping us with time savings, uh, you know, helping us, you know, be more efficient, or whether it's with a student helping us with social emotional learning, or, you know, just capturing or engaging students in general. Um, I know that's a, a big, broad answer, but, uh, you know, maybe a place to start. And I look forward to diving into, you know, more of these.
0: Yeah, I mean, because it's a it's a big, broad issue. I mean, these are big problems in education right now that we're tackling. And it's funny, because people are like, well, what do you do? I'm like, well, I just have the task of improving the school mental health system, you know, it's just yeah. a small thing, but I've been thinking about it very deeply for 10 years so you brought up some things that I definitely want to dive into. So number one, how are you making teachers lives easier with tech, because they're overwhelmed what is it that you can do or that you are doing.
1: Yeah, so that's a great question. And, you know, having been a, a teacher since 1999 and, you know, doing this role for about 10 years now, speaking, professional development, working with schools and, and teachers and buildings, districts, the, the the hardest part is, you know, going in and trying to make sure that we're not adding something to a teacher's plate, you know, because, you know, being a teacher, it's always, oh, here's one more thing you know, and and you hear teachers saying that for a decade, we've been asked, here's just one more thing, but when do you take something off my plate? And that's hard. So, you know, going in with that global view of what are the teacher's expectations, you know, as far as what they have to do all the time. And, and when, when I go in and start, you know, looking at how can technology help you, my main goal is, is to find those keys where it becomes like, okay, by adopting this technology, you're actually going to save yourself two hours a week or whatever that might be. Uh, You know, and there's there's a good handful of ones out there. Uh, You know, there's a lot of great software and tools and programs that teachers can use. And the one right now that's absolutely incredible that everybody's talking about is chat GPT. I've been working with, you know, school districts that have already had professional development for the year. And when ChatGPT came out, luckily enough, we had a day that we've been using, we used that to truly get into it. And one of the first, you know, tasks that we did was how can we use this to help teachers, you know, get time back or save time. And I'll just give you one small example. Um, you know, I, I, I asked ChatGPT, you know, being a third grade teacher, we always went to the zoo. Um, that was just something we had, we did every year. And so I went into ChatGPT. For those of you who are not familiar, ChatGPT is an artificial intelligence program. It's an AI software. You go in and you can ask it to write you something. You put create a list or write me this. So I went into ChatGPT and I said, uh, write an email to my third grade parents about our field trip to the zoo on Thursday." Uh, you know, and it did. And the thing is, is you know, it gave me a nice, quick email. Um, it even added. Nice thing is, it even added into like, um, be sure to have students use, remind them to have good manners, and it added things in there that just would go along with, you know, going somewhere and being responsible and being respectful. Um, now that's just a, a a quick little example. But the reason why I bring that up is, look, me, I. I can write, I can do things, but a lot of times getting started and making something just sound a little more polished takes me more time. So an example of having that start an email for me is great. You can go in, then I can just personalize it real quick, and I've got the body of the email. Um, you know, there's, there's also other examples that you know, we like to use is uh, you know, I asked it to create a rubric for my student's project. It did that for me.
0: That's huge. I I mean, that is huge. Right. Right.
1: I mean, okay. So Charlie, the crazy thing was, is I said, all I said was, I said, create a a rubric for my students, having Mm -hmm. one being poor and four being, um, you know, you know, excellent or whatever it was. And it gave me one, two, three, four. It actually gave me a grid. It gave me different, you know, things that, you know, students to get a one in this category, to get a four in this category. And it went all the way through. I've got screenshots of it. You know, so I mean, that's another good time saver, uh, and then I'll just I'll just I'll just use one more. And I was working with a uh, you know a, a uh, English and a literacy teacher, a high school teacher, um, and they were doing of mice and men, and we were just talking about it. And together we came up with. She said, uh, create some questions for my students to reflect on of mice and men, and it gave ten quick questions. Just you know, and and we said for ninth grade. Um, so all of a sudden it gave questions that, you know, even if they're just starting conversation questions, just also let's get the thinking going, let's get something, let's get these students engaged, let's get some conversations, and again, those are just really short, short examples, um, you know, that you could use this for, but ultimately, you know, it's an example of how technology, this technology is, is getting some teachers some time back, and you know, time is such a valuable resource um, you know, part of why we are stressed is we just we feel like we don't have time to do everything we need, uh, and it's all compounding. And you know, that's just just one small example, and there are lots of others.
0: Well, and that honestly, thinking about that email template, because in my mind, well, I'm always looking to help schools and districts save time by using processes and and databases, like to to keep that stuff. So I can see somebody creating that and putting that email template you said you went every single year so why not tap into that every single year right and have a collection what is the best way that an educator can can house all of those templates they come up with is it is it best to just create a database or or what do you think it,
1: and you know gosh you know that's a great that's a great question charlie um because you know some people are going to say go into it and say like oh let's use google sheets that's great and some people say let's create a folder and have all these individual you know documents in it. Um, it. some people may even say I'll create a slide deck. And really, like there's not going to be one good answer, but I but I'll say this is I use Google Sheets for like you know, like almost like a data information warehouse. Like I, I'll create a, a Google Sheet or a, a spreadsheet, you know, Microsoft spreadsheet, whichever you're using. Go in and make those sheets with the different columns, and it's great because it's a lot of information in a great grid you can hyperlink you can put all kinds of stuff in there i'll also me i'm a you know i'm an apple guy so i use for my slide deck i use keynote i create so much in keynote that's where depending on what i want i'll put it in keynote but that being said just today or actually sorry yesterday i created a folder i was actually i was actually um getting some emails together Um, And I was putting those templates in there and I made a folder for it and just made it a a running document. So I just made it a running document. So I knew this doc has all my emails and I just have them titled and I can just scroll through my document. So, you know, really it's a preference, Um, you know, whatever that might be for any individual out there, use what's comfortable for you. If you're a spreadsheet person, I get it, use it. It's great. You have so much information right there. You can put links in, you can go right to folders, you go right to documents. It's fantastic. Uh, a lot of it just depends how your brain works. And uh, you know, mine's all over the place. So <laughs>
0: I know, I know, and I know um databases are really overwhelming for me, actually. Yeah. And and maybe it's because I'm visual. I you're right. Anyway, but I do love creating the Google folders. But I've been collecting them so much that over time, when, like as a teacher, I kept putting my different units. So what I ended up doing is I I got to teach the same units over and over and over in the same classes over time. So I ended up creating booklets of units so that anytime I was absent, the kids already yes. knew exactly where they need to go. It was it was so great. And then when COVID hit. Well, everything was electronic and I had to adapt it to make sure it was an electronic. So I think a lot of people are doing those kinds of things because it's just easier. We're not going right. to do anything unless they're easy, right? right? Do you have any other quick, easy um, tricks that that's kind of new that maybe educators, even ed leaders may not know about that might help them save time in their day? Any other little tricks off the top of your head?
1: Oh, gosh, I, ha- I have a couple. I have to go look. I just I posted some. I'm trying to remember some of the quick ones They're Uh. You know, they're just on like whether you're using an iPhone or if you're on Google, if you're on, you know, like Google Drive or something, I'll I'll give it to you and we can put it in the uh, in the description down below.
0: Sure. Well, where can people find those posts? Tell them where they can go. Yeah.
1: So go to like so if you go to my social media, I put out some on Twitter. I'm at Tech Brad Wade. You can also find them on LinkedIn is where I put a lot of a lot of stuff. Um, So LinkedIn and Twitter are the two best places where I put my shortcuts, tips, uh, articles that are impactful to education and technology. So most of the stuff I I put out there is about technology in education, uh, how it's impacting, where you can go for resources, how you can use these tools that are out and available. So those are probably the best places to go. Um, But you can also go to my website for more resources, which is just bradwade.com.
0: That's great, honestly, because that's when I saw some of those graphics that you put out with the chat GPT. And it, I think what we're all looking for is we know it's helpful. But we're like, how in the heck do we use it? What do we use it for? And those examples you gave, and then on the graphics that you have on your social media, you guys really need to check it out. It just gives you like five or 10 problems. It's like, oh my gosh, that could save me a total of an hour if I just, or more than that. I mean, those of us who have, done lesson planning or created field trips or communicated to staff about something that you do every year it's great to keep making um just putting that in one spot so you can keep going back to it later right
1: yeah yeah and and that article you're referencing was the six takeaways from using uh chat gpt with schools and so i tried to make it very simple try to give a good representation of a lot of different ways so most every teacher could read that and go okay I can do that that's one quick cuz cuz charlie you know being in tech integration for you know now 10 plus years my my biggest thing I always try to to accomplish is if somebody can get one just one quick takeaway I may be doing PD for eight hours for one day, but it's like, even in that hours, I just want you to get get one thing because the reality is, is like, I'm not going to take six back. I'm not going to take five back. We all know that. But if we can get one thing to help our day, to help our instruction, to help learning, whatever that is, that one thing can be extremely valuable. And you know, like the big common denominator right now with this, seems to be time-saving. Uh, it's not it's not reinventing the wheel at the moment you can explore that later but just you know time is such a, a commodity that's hard to come by and it's nice to get some back so
0: absolutely and if you can also use it to not only make your own personal time you can save that but if you can engage your students in the meantime and give them a better experience in the classroom I mean you're you're nailing it right so that's I'd like to go a little bit into the future here, because ChatGPT came out in November, so I would imagine you have a lot of applications in your mind that you want to use for next year's PD when you're in school. So, tell me what you're thinking about doing some some things of the future here, near future.
1: Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, ChatGPT is really changing the landscape of everything right now. So, just a little history. AI's been around in education for a little while, now, since probably 17, 18. Uh, there's some great software programs, great tools out there to help with uh, tutoring, uh, math instruction, um, student engagement. You know, there's all kinds of all kinds of stuff out there. But when ChatGPT came out in November, it really did kind of change the landscape. Now, ChatGPT four, by the time this comes out and airs, it it's coming. It'll be out there now, and that's going to take it to a whole nother level. And so, you know doing professional development moving forward, it's always around, you know, tool integration, technology adoption. So it really starts with, all right, here, are you know, I I usually pick like the five best tools. Whenever I work with the district, I say, all right, what do you have district-wide? We start there. And I say, okay, um, you know, subscriptions and all that. Then I go through my tons of resources from that I've discovered that I've learned from you know, other school districts that I've used and played with. And then I go through like the five best that you're not using right now. Mm-hmm. That being said, moving forward, uh, ChatGPT4 is going to be huge because it now has an interface with um, graphics, uh, logos, all kinds of stuff that you can create. And then there's going to be incredible new hardware and software coming out. In addition to that, you know, the the VR is already out there with the Oculus Quest and the Picos and different things like that. But, you know, glasses are coming out. You know, there's two sets of glasses out there right now, uh, Vuzix and RealWear, which have already been pretty ingrained into industry. Uh, because what those of you watching out there right now half I live half in industry, half in education. And the reason why is because I bring both people together. I bring people in industry and people in education together so we can make sure that uh, we know what industry is looking for in the workforce. And then we know you know, the school, then the industry knows what the school is doing and then we get them to talk and work together. Now, so that being said, there are, you know, the, like I said, the glasses, there are two sets of glasses that are already out there that have already made incredible headway in industry. Uh, stuff like that technology is gonna be coming to schools. Apple is talking about their glasses. The glasses simply just, you know, they can augment uh, things in real time. You can get digital information just like augmented reality uh, using a mobile device. You can still see around you, but get, you know, digital assets and digital information. The glasses have been out there doing that. They're using them in the field. That technology is going to be coming to uh, school districts, it's going to be coming to students. It'll eventually come to the consumer. I don't know if Apple really does come out with their glasses um, like they say they're going to. Apple is a a big enough name that they can saturate and get it down to the consumer level. And if that happens, um, it will be like the next big thing that will change, just like when the, the smartphone or mobile device really came into the classroom. Um, that's a big general I can get into some specifics yeah, if you, you want uh,
0: Yeah, I want you to. I would like um there's a couple of areas I like to go into. But we'll do one at a time. So you told you said that there's a lot of applications how might a teacher use the the glasses? So let's start there.
1: Okay, yeah. Okay. So so I I'll, I'll set the stage here. So right now, you know, with with augmented reality or AR and we're not talking accelerated reader uh to the reading teachers out <laughs> there. <laughs> You know, we're already using a lot of AR in classes with mobile devices where we're, you know, augmenting textbooks, posters, you know, whatever it it might be. So now with glasses, so the thing is, is with glasses, when they come out, the best thing that that's going to do is is we're already seeing that it makes gives your hands, your, your hands are available and free. And so look, so... With the glasses coming out, we can already do everything we can do on a mobile device and enhance our learning. We can get information about a solar system. We can get information about historical figures. Uh, adding you know, things like chat GPT to that now. And think, think about this, Charlie. Think about wrapping in your mobile device, your your AI assistant at home, your Alexa, your Siri, whatever that might be. And then putting that into some type of wearable. Okay, so now you know. Look, I, I'm not. I'm not saying it's going to be in every class in a year or two, whatever. But if we're talking about what's coming, here is what's coming. A wearable device where also not only can you get your augmented information, you can you know see all kinds of digital assets and, and explore, and you can have an engine in front of you. Like if you're you know we're working on different skills, we're working on you know engine repair for mechanics. We can now have that engine in front of us, we can work on it with our hands. That technology is already out there where you can use your hands and fix it find your fingertips, and it uses that as location. Um, but now with things like ChatGPT, uh, we'll be able to be wearing a device and say, uh, give me the latest information on you know this car or whatever. Give me a 3D model on this car, this model. Uh, okay, change the interior to black leather. Um, you know, reposition the seats instead of having... Uh, two bucket seats make it a bench seat. You know, I mean, it's just there's
0: there's gonna be all kinds of crazy oh, yeah. crazy stuff. Um, you Measurement, know what, like I can I can see in measurements, um, math oh, classes and science so, and experiments. So right here, experiments. Yeah. yeah.
1: So right here, this is uh you know this is you know my 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 latest. This is the iPad Air. What this does is this has two incredible features on it already. Well, the one feature we can do a lot of things. It has what's called a LiDAR scanner on it, which is, you know, it's basically like a camera. Um, what it does is it's 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 very incredible. It it maps your room in three dimension. And so you can go in, you can download an app and it scans in 3D. And the cool thing is, is you just boom, all of a sudden it renders. And all of a sudden I did it in my kitchen the other night and I was, it, it looked incredible. I was like, wow, this is amazing. So you you talked about measurement. So now what we can do is, you know, you can turn on the LiDAR scanner and you can scan anything. And then when you see it, you can just touch two points and have it measure for you within like a millimeter. And you can do it in feet. If it's big, you can do it in centimeters, do it in millimeters, inches, whatever you want. Um, And then you can dump it right into math. I mean, so when I was, you know, when the iPads first came out, Charlie, I had kids taking pictures, looking for geometric shapes. I had them doing math problems, you know, go find groups of three, go find, you know, groups of six, whatever. And they'd go out, you know, in the hallways to go out to the playground. Uh, the creativity is where it comes from the teacher. These tools are amazing, but they're nothing to the creativity that the teacher brings to it. So what I try to do is, you know, bring technology in, give some examples. So brains start going And then teachers get to make it personal, like, oh, I can do this. Yes, that's exactly it, because you know what's going to be more impactful in your classroom with your students than I do. Here's the technology. Here are ways to use it. Go make it meaningful. And teachers do. And teachers are incredible. And that's why we can still do what we can do today. And that's why it's important to protect their mental health along with our students' mental health.
0: That's right. You know what? So- we love great PD, but if we don't have time to implement it or talk with our colleagues about it, you're right. And to do the follow-up. One of the best PD I ever had was critical thinking. And we did it over right four day sessions, but throughout the semester so that We were not only learning about how to be better critical thinkers and ask questions, which sounds like it could be very dry, but as long as you have the experience together and you can then go back and practice and then come back, that is key. And that's why when you work with districts, you work longer term with them, right? I do. Yeah. That's key.
1: Absolutely. And so, you know, it used to be just welcome back day, do the keynote and then do a half day PD, but it's turned into, you know, I've, you know, it's not just myself, it's my whole company now, you know, but we do one year, two year, three year PDs and forecast out and, you know, it's, it's great. And that's, that's the meaningful, you get connected to these school districts and to these staff and these teachers. And it's, it's so nice when you go back in and like, Oh, how are you doing? You know, and they, you know, you get, you catch up with people and, you know, they fill in, you know, Hey, this is what I've done since last time. This is great. This has been a, a great tool and, you know, just the reflection and the growth and gosh, I have to tell you, like, you know, one of the district I was just in, we did a, uh, We did a a survey monkey before we even started and we finished it. And just the growth was amazing. And that's what we like to see. You know, a lot of it's anecdotal that you just see and you hear, but now, you know, we're really capturing really good data on our work and its impact. And, you know, really, you know, you know, like in your field, you know, the power of data really just, it supports what you are doing. You don't just think it's a good idea and it's working; you see that it's working. Um, so, yeah, you know, working long term with with districts to really, whether it's mental health, technology integration, whatever it is, is that's really key. And you can do a lot of good and make a big impact.
0: Yeah, well, and the same themes keep showing up: it's connecting, right, yeah. having those relationships long term. You've got to have sustainability. It's, yep. it's all there in marrying two fields together, like education and mental health. They've got to go together. So let's let's go back and dissect here a little bit: technology and mental health in our schools. Do you see any of these applications supporting mental health or hindering mental health? I, I have some ideas in my head, and I'm wondering. Um, and I, this is new, so so go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. yeah. So
1: okay, so the obvious ones of hindering mental health would just be mainly social media. You know the you know you know the the adult the adults who are, are watching this, of course, that everybody is. It's think about how a lot of us, uh, thankfully, I've, I, I don't have this issue uh, anymore, but, you know, I know a lot of friends and stuff, you know, struggle with, you know, like being on Facebook. I mean, I have Facebook. I use it. I look at it. But, you know, really, when you get into the getting caught up on, you know, what is my post on Facebook? What is my status? You know, uh, what am I sharing? You know, is it, you know, you can get caught up in that. You can get caught up in it in a positive way, in a negative way. It doesn't matter, but you can get caught up in it. It can, it can take time. Um, you know, we move that down to students, you know, that's, you know, with TikTok and, you know, other different social medias, that's obviously a a challenge right now. Um, you know, with the with the challenges, you know, I mean, okay, ironically, you know, with the challenges that come out on TikTok, you know, which are just usually ridiculous and, and not smart to do, um, but, you know, then also students, you know, feeling that they need to post things, or they're trying to share things, or, you know, worried about what other people are sharing, or trying to stay caught up, whatever, you know, you know that world even better than I do, um, but I'll tell you this, there are some really good things that are going on um, to support mental health, um, in in technology and in education. So, and I'll give you the biggest impact right now is in virtual reality, Um, you know, VR where you're wearing a full headset and you're being immersed in it. Um, You know, think about just assistive technologies for one, you know, if you're in special education and you know about assistive technologies, there's incredible assistive technologies to help uh, all kinds of students with different situations. On that side, virtual reality is is assisting um, students with different needs uh, by immersing them in calm environments, uh, by allowing them to experience, you know, different scenarios. You know, so the assistive technology with students with special needs, it's very beneficial. It's also helping students in the general population to understand students with you know, special needs and situations, because you can get in. There's a lot of um, there's a lot of um, programs and you know applications out there now with social emotional learning, uh, perspective, different things like that, where you can go in and. You can, you know, be a, a a person, you know, different than you for the day, and experience how someone may be treated who looks different than you or has a different socioeconomic status than you. Maybe somebody lives in a different country than you. Somebody that doesn't doesn't have um, the resources that you have. You can go in and you can um, get perspective on somebody that has, you know, uh, a you know, like a. a special handicap, you know, they're missing limbs, or they're in a wheelchair, or they're, they're, you know, they have vision difficulties. Uh, So that empathy, empathy is incredible when you jump into a virtual reality situation. So, you know, looking, you know, with how is that helping with, you know, student mental health, those are two examples, Um, you know, just empathy, understanding, and then assistive technology. So somebody with special needs or emotional needs, uh, there's a lot of really Charlie the VR is so powerful for that um you know it's being used in so many inc- incredible ways to help people with different get over different you know different fears different phobias helping them with therapy helping them build confidence you you know I, I'm sure you you have seen a lot uh experienced a lot but those are two ways that I see really good things happening with technology that's helping out. Uh, with our our emotional uh, well being with students.
0: Yeah, it is a great learning tool. You're right, and even exposure therapy, it's been fantastic with exposure therapy. Yep. Um, and there's all yeah, there's all kinds of applications that I love. And um, when I used to teach, when I taught high school, I taught about mental illnesses, and we taught about schizophrenia. And we were able to, and this is a, a while ago. This wasn't even with the newest. We were able to tap into a video that was that was placed and I had kids close their eyes and just listen to the sound um, to kind of see what the voices might sound like. And they also have the technology they can put the headset on. I know that that's there, too, just to get into the the lens of somebody like you were mentioning. And it's, it is incredibly powerful because the best way to teach something about that is is from their lens. And that's hard to do. But with this technology, I'm loving it. So let's, let's wrap that up with, um, let's kind of wrap this up because I know, gosh, how does time go by so fast like this? <laughs> um, I want to know about any implications there are that might be negative uh, uh, aside from like kids are going to get caught up with social media. If you imagine a school social worker, for example, using chat GPT or using some kind of virtual reality for students, is there anything that you're concerned about? And, and here's why. My thinking was, these robots don't have empathy and i worry that if kids are going to rely upon like getting services on their own or information uh what do i do if i'm suicidal for example yeah. i'm worried about that kind of application can you speak to what what you see there
1: yeah so there's you know so a couple different things you you touched on there is you know one is just you know this is just from a protection side of student data so anytime you know and and all all IT departments and everybody's already already looking at this you know when you go into any type of tool or you have to have data submitted always just checking what student data is being shared or what data is being shared and then how do you protect that for one um, the other part is you know you know there's some different you know chat GPT and then Bing's AI you know they're they're slightly different. Um, You know, Bing's AI is a lot more conversational, and there is a big concern there right now. I'm hoping by the time this gets aired that it'll already be addressed a little more. Um, Chat GPT is a little more straightforward. It's almost like searching the Internet and just getting information back. Um, But Bing's AI right now is a little more um, personal. And it will have conversations with you. I definitely am already concerned about um, some of that because we've already there's already been documented concerns about adults having conversations with, um, you know, an AI and you know, just with with not not the best best outcomes, if you will. And we'll just leave it at that. Um, so there's a little bit of a concern there. And you know, it's funny because I I was just at a conference and uh, you know I was talking with a friend of mine, Leslie Fisher, who people probably know out there, uh, known her for a long time, we were just talking and she has a really good analogy. And I want to share this because I'm I'm stealing it because she shared that. She said, chat GPT, what's going on is like a snow globe right now. You know, all the snow is shaken up and it's all over the place and it looks pretty chaotic and we're still learning. She said, but eventually it's going to mostly settle down and we'll be able to, you know, work our way through it and understand and get the landscape. And I think that's a very valuable a uh, way to look at it because the ai assistants are absolutely incredible um you know and what they can do and i would i'm, I'm hoping that if if a student puts something in that was concerning i'm hoping that it'll do something like here's a hotline to call uh different things to do my guess, i have not tried that it's a really good one uh to to look at um, but it evolves every day. And I would be um, surprised if it didn't get much better or get really good about, you know, with these keywords and phrases, because it's already, you know, learning language and understanding and putting stuff together. So um, my hope is, is that if a student or even an adult goes in and, you know, types in something like that, that that will, it will elicit a response that, you know, for help.
0: Yeah. And I would hope that, I would hope it doesn't just give them ways to do it,
1: right? Oh, God. Oh, God. That's, yeah, that's a scary, yes. Oh,
0: oh. It could because there's no emotion behind it. And that's why, that's why it will never, well, I won't say never, but it will not replace doctors, therapists, teachers, educators, leaders. It won't replace that because we have an essential component of humanity attached, which is the communication or um, connection and the way we communicate is so powerful. And there's a loneliness epidemic and I'm worried about stuff like that. But, and also Brad, and one of the things with technology that I've been concerned about is there, when when we do red flag some of those questions, kids are gonna put in there, I'm also afraid that they're going to, by protocol, be sent to a hospital. Because when I worked in hospital systems with kids in crisis, they do have a process. And without that human, like context piece, I don't want that to be a further problem because that can be traumatizing too.
1: You know, it's, it's funny and I'll, I'll, I'll kind of surmise this real quick is, is what I always come back to is, is the reality in my opinion is technology makes us more human. Now that may seem contrary, but I'll, I'll explain it to your point right now is that, um, When technology like this comes out, it just highlights what it means to be human in that connection and why it's so critical and so important. Sometimes technology makes us more human because it gives us more time back. Sometimes technology makes us more human because it's doing mundane tasks that now it can do for us, that I can use my brain and do things that make me more human. And then to the last part, technology makes us more human by the importance of that human connection. As of right now, I'm I'm still pretty comfortable saying that nothing will replace being a human and the connection that we have with other humans. The the role a teacher has with the student, the role parents have with their children, the way families have, uh, friendships have, those connections uh, won't be replaced by technology because there's a human element there that we all need. And you know, in mental health, it's so important to somebody's mental health, to everyone's mental health, having that connection to, and it might just be one person, but having connection to other people is so deep and uh, a computer can't replace that.
0: Wow. Well, I don't know how else to, you know, add <laughs> on to that. <laughs> That's a great place to land, in my opinion. Wow. Okay. So I know you already gave some of your social media, but can you please let people know what you've got? Kind of in the works that they can look forward to, and then how to connect with you.
1: Oh uh, yeah, absolutely. So you know you can connect with me on all my social medias. Just look up Brad Wade or Tech Brad Wade. Uh, Google me, you'll find you'll find a lot of information. Uh, again, you can go to my website bradwade.com. Uh, you can also go to newhorizonsglobal.net. Um, that's a group of us that's uh, where we do, you know, a lot of professional development. It's, it's, it's a bunch of wonderful people, uh, you know, looking to make a difference in the world. Um, so it's a great resource to go to see what we have there. Um, for me, I'm continuing to just work with school districts all of the United States and speak at different conferences and events, not only in the US, but around the world. I'm lucky enough to get to do this and uh, just trying to make an impact wherever I go.
0: That's awesome. Thank you so much, Brad. I appreciate you being here.
1: Well, Charlie, thank you so much. It's nice to to see you. Nice to be with you again. And thanks for the opportunity to talk. And thanks for everything you do uh, with school, mental health, students and teachers. It's very valuable. We appreciate it.
0: Awesome. Thanks, Brad.